Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. I'm Jim White, and today myself and Simon reflected on an important night for Chelsea as they turned it on to beat Aston Villa at Villa Park. Where would Pochettino be without cup competitions this season? Elsewhere, Thomas Frank has doubled down on comments made in the Danish press yesterday, publicly admitting it may be time Ivan Tony leaves Brentford. Can the club still command a top fee for their star striker? Plus, this weekend sees legendary boxing commentator Adam Smith return to the mic as part of TalkSport's team in Sheffield. We caught up with him in studio earlier today. This is Outspoken with White and Jordan. I got soaked coming round to you this morning, brought an umbrella, um, left it as you do. You know how many, um, your umbrella is absolutely sodden, you leave it in a room mm-hmm. and you leave it up. I've left it in a room and now a bunch of executives are in there with meeting in place and that's where my brolly is. So I have a feeling I'm going to lose it for the journey back. Do you have one to give me? No, I had a really good umbrella and someone's nicked it. Right. I got a really good umbrella. I bought a car the other day and they gave me an umbrella with it and it's a really nice umbrella. <laughs> And um, I was really happy with it, and someone swiped it. So I've got one of Michelle's umbrellas. So she says so she's going to get drenched this morning. She's going to get but drenched. But it was useless, waste of time, blue inside out. When you say you bought a car the other day, is it that car that I think you bought? Yeah. 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 What a car, ladies Thank you, and gentlemen. I will not go into it, but it is a beauty. A beauty. A lot to get through this morning. But I like the bully. Uh, okay, you want your brolly back. Yeah. Um, reading Mr. Jordan's column in the mail this morning. Simon, a few things uh, caught my eye in it. But again, Palace, um, the club you owned and were, were proud to own for many yep. years. One standout line in it, just before I go any further. The problem for Palace's owners is there is a perception amongst fans that there's no future, but there's also no here and now. It's a double whammy. Yeah. I mean, in other words, they don't know really where they are. Well, the context of that is, is I'm always loathe to write articles about Palace, and originally the lead story was going to be about Arteta, but everyone felt, felt that everyone's had their say in Arteta, so it was a little bit hist- you yeah. know, repeating what others had said, or bit I'd said something different. Mm-hmm. But the point is, is that the observation, the difficulty for for Parish and his little mob, is that if the, if they if they appointed a manager for the future, the fans would want it for the here and now, right? And so the here and now is that they're not winning with Roy Hodgson, and the future. 
to some extent would take care of itself but in the article I'm writing about the fact that they've got this they've got themselves in this invidious position because they brought Roy Hodgson in to solve a problem Patrick Vieira had created for them and Patrick Vieira was a forward-thinking appointment albeit I don't think his body of work was great but he was a younger manager and there was perceptions about a progressive thinker yeah sure so they did have that and then of course it, the wheels came off that they brought Roy in to steady the ship and then they stayed with Roy and then that gives you the look and feel of people that aren't planning for the future and then you haven't got any here and now because your team's underperforming. Yes. So the Palace fans have got yeah. very little to cling on to. Yeah. They've got no here and now. They're worried about their team's performance and, and the potential staying in the in the league. And then they're looking at there's no future. Mm. And mm. Yeah. and so with that yeah, in mind, yeah. it gives them the feeling of being completely disenfranchised and they've got nowhere to turn to. I don't agree with some of the things that they're saying. I'd like to agree with them. As I said at the beginning of the article, I'd like to be at the head of the queue to throw unpleasant things at Steve Parrish for very good reason. <laughs> I've got very good reason. But I also think it's fair to say that keeping a team in the Premier League for 10 years, irrespective of what others say about how, how longer you stay in the division, the more solid you should be, Leeds United are a massive football club, a huge football club of great significance in English football with great financing. They got relegated from the Premier League after two seasons, yeah, after spending yeah. 17 years out of it. No, West Bromwich Albion, a side with significant history and a decent football club and probably comparable to Crystal Palace, no, nowhere near the Premier League again. So whilst I don't think you should look at others and go, I should be grateful for what I haven't got, yeah. right, in terms of, you know, I'm walking around happy because I haven't got XYZ disease, but the point is, <laughs> is that Palace fans have got to get just a tad more appreciative sure. of what others like me and my predecessor Ron Nodes would have wanted to have achieved and couldn't. Right, fair enough. So Palace have got until Monday night to get their heads round uh, winning the next game albeit it's up against Chelsea and what did Chelsea do last night? They went to Villa and they won 3-1 in the cup and they march on and Villa are out. Chelsea of course already in the Carabao Cup final against uh, Liverpool. So where has this Chelsea been all along? Uh, even uh, Thiago Silva's Mrs. Bell posted last night I'm sorry that my personal outburst as a passionate Chelsea fan has caused such an impact. I'm passionate about the team. I thrive on victories and I'm saddened by defeats. We all want the same thing. A winning team. Come on, Chelsea. Do you remember she's changed somewhat uh, after that other tweet when she did a tweak at Pochettino? It was perceived. And the same Pochettino last night said, yeah, this is more like it. The players need help. Need help from the fans. And today the, the fans were fantastic. With this connection, with this energy, and the, play, and the players on the pitch showing that care about the club and they want to win and they want to succeed, only good thing can happen. It's about to trust. It's about the energy, how you approach the game. We were talking because we were in every single meeting showing clips about a real team need to behave different. We need to approach the game different. And today you, you can see, yes, we were ready to fight, you know. After you can win or you can lose. But the right attitude, the right approach, we were united. We fight for the for each other. We fight for the for our fans. We, we fight for the batch. We fight for the coaching staff. We... You know, that is a connection that we need to create. And now the challenge is to be consistent. Oh, like. yeah, yeah. There's a bit of intensity from a manager. Been lacking off recently, hasn't it? All have been a bit easy-ozy and lackadaisical in recent times. There's a manager that's got his head on. Yes, indeed. All of a sudden, there's unity. There's togetherness. More for him. Yeah, I mean, what there is in terms of the Premier League is played 23-1-9 and a dismal mid-table position for Chelsea. Not what we're Currently. used to. But have the Cups come along at the right time for Pochettino? A Carabao Cup final against Liverpool. They march on last night. They put out Villa, highly fancied Villa. 
Yeah, I mean, if they get smashed uh, against Liverpool in the, in the League Cup final, it'll be of scant consolation, won't it? Look, I mean, clearly they've got it in their locker. Right. Clearly they've got it in the locker. They're playing against a side in Aston Villa that are a very good side, that are very formidable at home. Uh, and put out a pretty much a full-strength side. The forecast was that, that Unai Emery would put out a weakened side, given the fact he had Man United on the weekend. He didn't. He put out a significantly strong side, and Chelsea bashed them up. Yeah. Chelsea outplayed them, yeah. and were a better side. And and it just shows you that within re- within reason, Chelsea have the capability. I mean, all this nonsense about what they've bought and who they've bought and who they're listening to. They've bought players that are perfectly capable of operating at a far higher level than the ones that they've been recently turning in. And this is a benchmark. It's a watermark. It's an illustration of what Chelsea are capable. I'm not yeah, saying. Having said that, it's, it's not nonsense. though. I mean, in terms of who they brought in, it's a, it's kind of like who's he? Oh, and incidentally, who's he? No, that's not fair. Look at some of the players they brought in. I mean, they brought Cachedo in. They brought Fernandez in. World Cup winner. We, we rabbit on about McAllister how wonderful he is because he's a World Cup winner at Brighton. There's another one in the in the in the Chelsea in the Chelsea uh, dugout at Chelsea pitch because ultimately the only question is how much money they paid for him. Cachedo, Liverpool wanted 100 million quid for him. Lavia hasn't been available. Nicholas Jackson, whilst I don't think he's good enough, had some reputation and was bought for decent money. They've got Raheem Sterling. They've got Cole Palmer that everyone's raving about. They've got good players, and I can go on and on about what they've bought. Mudrick was someone that people wanted. Mm. It's about coaching these players and making them better and formulating a team out of it and getting what you should be getting from them, which is application, determination, and a bit of end product. And of course, I, last night, what they got was end product. I get that, but Gusto, could you really have told me he was going to be a good player? De Sassi? Oh, yeah, he'll do well. Um, well, you can pick that out of any team. Madweki, yeah, he'll do well. You can pick that out of... Nicholas Jackson, he's a winner. You can pick that out. Of, you can pick that out of the other sides. You can look at Aston Villa side and say, "Well, did we think Ollie Watkins was a well beater? Good player when he moved from Brentford. Was he a well beater?" We can look at other players there. Other players have come to the fore. Yeah. But Chelsea have enough of a base to be doing better than tenth in the league. Now, the question was, does the cups give them some solace? Yes. Yeah, does it um, offset league struggles? I well, mean, there's a message from a Chelsea fan. Simon, eight-year contracts, they choose when they're going to turn up. Well, again, that comes down to how you manage them. They're not all on eight-year contracts. Some of them are, right? And if you get the right personnel, it wasn't a problem when you put certain personnel on long-term contracts, and I know that this is a, probably a poor comparison, but when you had John Terry there and you had Frank Lampard there, their contract terms weren't an issue because they were self-starters. If you've done your due diligence on these players, and of course there is always an element, whether it's a four-year contract or an eight-year contract, of the comfort zones. Yeah. We don't know the technicalities of these contracts which might have contractual obligations upon the players to be performing at certain levels, otherwise they don't get increased wages and so on and so forth. There might be a whole raft of caveats. Now, I grant you, under the orthodoxy of traditional thinking, you give players too long, too long a contract, you put them in their comfort zones. And I understand that. But yeah. also, you protect an asset. You position yourself for the upside if in four years' time or five years' time, your player's flying and someone like Real Madrid wants to distract them. They can have to pay for it rather than nick them. Right. And at the same time, you also do what they primarily did it for, which was to manage the finances of how they were buying players and what they were prepared to spend. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Ivan Tony, of course, now back, playing for Brentford, captaining Brentford uh, on occasion. And, of course, uh, back after being found guilty and after admitting betting breaches. Um, he was out for eight months, wasn't he? But he's come back, he's come back with an impact. He, he didn't go in the last window, and it was largely thought it, would, it was highly unlikely that he would. But as for heading on out to another club in the summer, yeah, 
Yeah, it looks likely. And Thomas Frank certainly indicated that when he spoke to the Danish media the other day. The Brentford manager said, it is quite obvious that Ivan Tony will most likely be sold this summer. We also know what he's worth. I don't think there are many strikers in the world who are better than him right now. And then we thought, hmm... Is this going to be a case when someone comes back after speaking to a foreign outlet and says, yeah, that was kind of lost in translation. I didn't really mean that. No, absolutely not. Because this was Thomas Frank speaking this morning. It's the same message I said the whole time, that I would love him to stay forever. The reality is he got one more year left on the contract in the summer. Uh, I think he's been pretty open about maybe playing for a top club in in the future. So I guess there is a couple of scenarios he leaves in the summer. He leaves in the winter, in year time, or he stays uh, until the end. If he's leaving whatever, summer, winter, or the summer after, I think it would be fantastic to see him playing for a, a top club. So nothing's been lost in translation? No. Well done, I reckon that. And I recognise that voice. It was yeah. Jeremy from Sky. But, Simon, do Brentford have much of a negotiating hand here? I mean, after the debates around clubs and their due diligence following the Newcastle Sandro Tonali case, yeah. how should prospective buyers view Ivan Tony? Um, well, they should view him as a very good player, um, certainly. Um, and I think there's a lot to be said that he's one of the best centre forwards around. I think that's, I think that's pretty fair because we, they are quite a limited species in terms of top centre forwards. You can really name them on the your sort of fingers of a couple of hands at very best in world football. So what, for you, he's right up there. Like oh, I top, think he's top, top six I in think, the country. I, I think he could certainly play in a top, one of the top six clubs and I think he will play one of the top six clubs. The, the challenge for him is, given the circumstances, we spoke about Tonelli and how football clubs could have done due diligence and put themselves in a better position. Yeah. And maybe that going forward, players will be asked to make declarations and sign waivers so they find themselves being consequenced. Clubs won't have to pick up wages in the in the interim period and transfer fees will be insulated by some form of protection, albeit that's a difficult part. In this instance, he doesn't have to sign that declaration, does he? Because it's public knowledge that he's had a gambling problem. Yeah. And also, trotted out of his mouth, I believe is that it leads towards some form of addiction. I have my reservations about that, but who am I to speak on behalf of someone else's condition? I believe that was something that was trotted out when people were loading up their guns about the reality of what his fine should be and how he'd got what he'd kind of merited. If that's the case, then you are signing somebody that is potentially damaged goods in terms of the way that they operate in the world. Unless he's been cured of that particular addiction and cured of that challenge, then they're going to have to price that into their thinking if it is a real and legitimate challenge. And if it is, how does that affect the price? Well, it, Brentford won't want it to affect the price. Brentford won't suggest that ultimately any performances over the last two or three years when he's been having these challenges have been impacted. So if the boy's been having these challenges and these challenges are real, well, he hasn't affected the way he played, did it? The only thing that affected him was he got consequence for actions of three, four, five years ago. But you could cite it in your negotiation, well, couldn't you? Well, of course you would. You know, we're, we're going to go to... We're, we're, we'll bid 50. We're not going to go to 60 because... You never know with Ivan. Well, yeah, we're, 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 you know yeah, what I'm going with that? Well, absolutely. And and But the thing is, is that the argument about the situation surrounding Newcastle and I think it was Inter Milan that they bought Tonelli from, wasn't it? Yeah. Was no declaration, no information. Well, there's no need for that. AC because Milan. It's all, AC Milan, yeah. sorry. It's all over the press. And it's all over the... Everyone knows Ivan Tony's particular malaise or historic malaise. So I don't think that will cut any... I don't think it will cut any mustard with Brentford because if they can get competitive tension going between football clubs as to who want this guy's service, the market will drive his price. Um, what, they, what they'll get 
what everyone, anyone will get is, of course, they can put their position in, in very clear that if any repeats going forward and, and Ivan Tony repeats his behaviour, then there has to be some form of balance. Yeah. It's a difficult one because if you've got clubs in against one another and they both want the player and in the end it becomes to, uh, who will pay the most and who will overlook the most... It becomes that conversation, mm, mm. but I do. One think... year left in his contract, though, Simon. I mean... Oh yeah, I mean that 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 part of the equation. Yeah, it, this is the time for Ivan Tony to move, because Brentford may not have a great season next year. Um, he may get himself injured. He may not have a, a, a great season. He may not get picked for England. And then he cut. What he gets on the upside is that all of the contract, all of the salary yeah. that he will be getting. Sorry, all of the transfer. If he goes in a free in a year's time all of the opportunity for the transfer fee can find its way into an inflated salary. And let yeah. me be clear, one of the motivations besides playing for a big club for this young man and those around him is the increase in his salary. right? And that will get everybody paid and everybody an opportunity, and certainly the boy. And so, of course, if you go on a free, that becomes even more inflated because no one's paying 60, 70 million quid for the player. If he wants, what, 200 grand a week, which is, I'm sure, what he wants, um, and he's on 70 grand a week at Brentford... And if someone's got to pay a £70 million transfer fee, in a year's time, no one's got to pay that £70 million quid. He can start asking for 200 250 grand a week and possibly getting it. Right? If he go, that, But that means he's got to have another year, which means his currency could be less. The bigger club's appetite could be satiated by buying someone else from somewhere else. Right? So his time is to go now. And of course, Brentford, are not, if he's not going to sign a new contract at Brentford, Brentford aren't going to let that clock tick down. No. I realise no. that Matthew Benham's stock in trade is to not blink in <laughs> oh, the yeah. eyes of yeah, odds. Yeah. Yeah. But the bottom line is they'll be selling him in the summer. He'll be gone in the summer, and it's about how much money Brentford can get from the situation given, A, people might use the situation against them, mm. B, they've got a clock that's ticking down, but C, on the other side of it, Ivan Tony wants to go now. Yeah. Was he 28? 28, 29? Well, it, was, it would seem so. I mean, it's the same kind of thing that we saw happening at West Ham with Sullivan and Declan. Wasn't it? This open declaration, yeah, yeah, it's time for him yeah, to go. No, Thomas Frank's saying the same thing. No, he's yeah, going. It's I mean, time for him I, to go. I, I would be I would be absolutely gobsmacked if Ivan Tony is still he's he's twenty seven, he's twenty eight in March, right? Mm -hmm. So you know, I, I, I you know, Ivan Ivan Tony has made it pretty clear Thomas Frank knows what's going on with the situation. No one can criticize besides the the seven months that he let his club down. That's why I was irritated about the all-conquering hero and the fanfare and light displays and all that cobblers because ultimately he'd let his club down and he should have been back in the side earning back people's trust. Sure. Um, but prior to that, yeah, he had been an absolutely outstanding player yeah. for Brentford yeah. and worthy of all the plaudits, worthy of an England call-up and worthy of all the recognition and worthy of the association with playing with one of the big six clubs. So, Simon, second guess it for me. See, he, he scores a few goals from now on in. Yeah, and Brentford stay comfortably in the Premier League. You want to buy him? What do you buy him for? Um, twenty-seven, twenty. I think you're probably going to be. Depends what the market's doing. In in you know, given the fact that we're seeing the situations being artificially, well, not artificially, structurally enforced upon clubs now. Yeah. But a free market with um some of the well-heeled buyers in it, I would suspect probably seventy million. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. 
That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. He decided, no, Saudi Arabia's not for me. Turkey's not for me. I tell you where I'm going. I'm going to South Korea. And he maybe could have chosen Ulsan HD. He could have chosen Pohang Steelers. He could have chosen Incheong United. But Jesse Lingard has opted for FC Seoul in the South Korean capital, um, where he's uh, reportedly in line to earn something between uh, 17 and a half and 20 grand a week. That being the case, he seems happy when he spoke earlier this morning. I keep my football and business separate. You know, football comes first. That's that's my main priority, is to play football, is to do well on the pitch, is to win games, is to help my teammates. That's that's first and foremost. That's the most important thing. That's why I've I've made the move, you know, out here. Um, and the rest of it just follows, really. Um, you know, with esports, I know it's it's massive out here um, and eventually we'll get into that but you know for now it's it's all football focused so that's it it's South Korea for Jesse and FC Seoul now he's saying no it's not all about brand Lingard and TikTok and uh, everything else that goes Lingard. with it it's about football it's about football that's why uh, he's gone there wants to make it a well-established footballing outpost Seoul FC <laughs> um uh, do, do you not think clubs here have maybe missed a trick? No. Because well, at times or out, good riddance, bad rubbish. Wasted time, wasted his career, wasted his opportunities, wasted his time at Nottingham Forest, wasted Nottingham Forest's money, and this is the level that he's now at. Well done. All the talent that you've had, all the opportunities that you've had, you played for the biggest club in world football, in my view, in Manchester United, and spent more time worried about what you look like. I mean, when he went to West Ham and loan, he did well first time around. Because he wanted something from and that. Look, Look, not bad. He wanted something from that. He wanted an opportunity to get into the European Championship squad uh, that time around, or was it the World Cup? One of the two. Um, and and he created an opportunity. Good player. No doubt he's a good player. And waste still of, a good player. Nah, waste of time now. Waste of time. Ask not in the Forest fans what they think of him. What a waste of time. What a waste of opportunity. You don't land in Seoul 
for a nondescript team in a nondescript league for nondescript money in the age of fortunes and with people questioning whether you've got brand. Brand what? Brand idiot? What's his brand? That's unfair, is it well, not? I mean, what's his brand? Uh, wasted talent. I worked my way down from Man United to FC Seoul in four years. Follow me. He did mention eSports and that he'd see where that might take him uh, in probably the fullness of time. Probably more physically fit for that. One thing he can never... But one thing he can... I, I don't think you can be criticising him for having gone elsewhere to try and play football until he gets to retirement age. He's got. He's gone to try and carry on in, in some shape or form in Give the game. Over. You're looking in the at game. It, you're looking at it through, through blinkered eyes. It, it, who would? Who wants Jesse Lingard? If there was a queue of people to want Jesse Lingard, he had an opportunity at Nottingham Forest last year, and a player of that perceived stature ended up being of absolutely no use whatsoever to them. Couldn't even get in the side. And I find players like that. I, find, I mean, I watched him when he went to Nottingham Forest, um, and I thought to myself, "Hmm, I don't think I don't like that signing. I don't think that's going to work out. I think that's a poor signing. That looks like an owner that's been sucked in by the perception of what someone once was." And I think at times he embodied the culture that was going on inside Manchester United with players being more concerned about what's happening on social media and what they looked like they were the ridiculous little antics rather than what they were doing on the football pitch. And that's only because the player had the talent. So my harshness is based upon that. A waste of time. And he wasted people's time, specifically his own. He's 31. Do you think this is his uh, last move? Oh, no, no, no. I think Man City will sign him next. One hundred percent engagement. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Well, this Friday, Talksport brings you exclusive boxing on the Talksport Boxing YouTube channel live from Sheffield. Tune in to watch bantamweight Thomas Esomba as he attempts to defend his EBU European title. Stevie Levy faces Ebony Jones for the English super, super bantamweight title, plus uh, unbeaten light heavyweight prospect Shaquille Thompson in action as well. It's going to be good. This don't miss live and exclusive boxing Friday only on the Talksport Boxing YouTube channel. Spencer Oliver, who is uh, in with myself and Simon this lunchtime is going to be joined there by the legendary, and I mean legendary boxing commentator a fella I knew well at Sky and I'm delighted he's joining up here at TalkSport Adam Smith is with us and is in action once again Adam, good afternoon, how do you feel about this? What a comeback! I'm excited I uh, love commentating Jim as you know and I think since I was 9-10 years old it's the only thing I've ever really wanted to do uh, it's a passion that I've had through my life. Uh, the last year, year and a half, has been really tough, um, very brutal, and uh, I missed, I missed it. I missed everything, and it's good to be back. It's good to be back in Sheffield, uh, a city I know so well from the days of Prince Nassim Hamad and Johnny Nelson and Ryan Rhodes and Junior Witter and, and, and all the others. Um, yeah, Harold Graham, who I saw actually last weekend. Uh, nice to see Harold, wonderful fighter. And uh, good to be back in Sheffield. Good to be back with, with Spencer. We're going to commentate together. And, uh, yeah, it's just really exciting. It's been a, a long time coming. Brilliant. Um, I How feel, are you feeling? How do you feel now yeah, in terms feel, of your health? I feel good. Um, good. I'm probably good. back to sort of 90%. Um, I feel physically really, really strong now. And I'm raring to go. I want to get back into it, back into the business. And, uh, yeah, I, I just love being behind a mic. And I'll give it everything 
tomorrow like like I always do. And and I'm really impressed with Izzy, actually. He's got something go, good going on up in uh, in Yorkshire. Uh, he's a character. Uh, he's putting on good fights. There's a lot of young talent coming through. And uh, it should be a great night, shouldn't mm. it? Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. It's great to be back working with you as well. When he told me that he'd sealed the deal, Mr Smith, the voice of boxing, back in Sheffield, where it all begun many years ago for us. Back, we, I mean, we're going back like 25-odd years now we've been working together doing that. And so, so good to have you back, Adam. And, um, yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant show there. It really is. Like, I love what is he's trying to achieve. I love the vision and, like, TalkSport YouTube channel as well, like, jumping on board. I think it's going to be good. I think we'll grow together. And, yeah, it's just great working back with you, Adam. Young promoters coming through and, and causing a, a stir, which is great. I've heard his shows are fantastic, uh, all action, uh, entertainment. Uh, excitement he's uh, uh, a former fighter himself so he understands he wants to put good matches on and uh, mm. there's a lot of boxing around this weekend and yeah. I'm glad to be just a part of it Jim. oh mate Adam honestly we've missed you um, boxing fans Simon they missed this man's voice absolutely I mean I remember umpteen times I've been off my seat watching a fight when you were at Sky like was it Reese Jr. and, and Joshua in Madison Square Garden what what are we seeing here what <laughs> what are we watching like here lift off oh, lift, lift off, off lift off Joshua. is right I, Simon I think the com commentary that always stands out on me with Adam is when um, Anthony Joshua boxed Klitschko Wembley Stadium like and the commentary when Joshua finally got it over That's over the line because we thought he was done, didn't we? What round was that? Sixth, sixth round when he went down. We thought, yep, that's it. He's not going to come back. And somehow he managed to come back. And your commentary when he'd done that, because your personal connection with Anthony Joshua as well, was, yeah, second to none. There have been some great moments uh, over the years, some wonderful times at, at Sky. And, and, and the boxing uh, twists and turns, of course, with what happened with Tyson Fury yeah. last week and, yeah. and rescheduled dates and the whole boom in Saudi. What did you make of that, the rescheduling of that fight? It's, I mean, everybody was ready for it. It, it, it's obviously a, a signal when something like that happens. Uh, we've seen it time and time again through boxing history. It's not a first. Um, fighters spar and, and two weeks, two to three weeks out is always the danger time. Uh, when you're in fight week or eight, nine days out, you're normally pretty good to go, mm. apart from if there's a problem with the weight. But yeah, cuts happen and it was a savage cut. And uh, I think uh, I thought it would be certainly three months before they could go again. And they've just done it in three months in, in May. So it's a tight turnaround. Uh, hopefully the cut is fine. It's all stitched up and heals. And uh, we want to see it. We want to see Furiousic. We need to. Um, it's great that we've got AJ as well in, in March. We've got the Batebiev-Bivol fight too. There's plenty happening, but you've got to see Fury and Usyk. The first big unification in 25 years. I was there when Lennox Lewis and Evander Holyfield fought in, in the garden to that controversial draw, the rematch in Vegas. It's been a long time coming, and uh, we want to see these two guys get in the ring. A lot of talking, obviously, a lot of things being thrown around, but these are two fantastic fighters, and we need to see who the best is. I'm looking at the messages coming in for you. It's incredible. Jim, Adam Smith is one of the, the fight game's most iconic commentators. You listen to him now with you guys. You miss the pure passion which comes across from him on his microphone. He is one of the great guys and one of the great characters in boxing, says Rob. Well done you, Adam. It's great having you back. Um, another fight on the horizon, March the 31st. Uh, unbeaten heavyweight rivals Fabio Wardley and Fraser Clark, Simon, uh, they go head-to-head -head for the British Commonwealth titles uh, at the O2 in London. The two of them, nice guys, but they clashed yesterday on drive. You're not mandatory. You, you, you know, had your mandatory. You, 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 you know more I'm than me. I'm doing you mate. a favour by you know, giving you a voluntary shot. You ain't doing shot. me no favour, mate. Well, I am because who would you be fighting without me? 
another bum. Who, another would, you, who would you be fighting? Why, why, why haven't you moved on? I could, I could move you, on. Well, no, for, could, for the same money? For more money, I could go back to so Saudi why, if so I wanted. So why didn't you? Because I wanted so to fight like you? this. I wanted to come back to the UK. Yeah, it was a no, choice yeah, of mine. Of course you did. It was a choice of mine. Of I'm the did. champion. I, I picked you. So you, you, cho- you chose the UK over, over, the, over the Saudi money? Yeah, I did. Yeah, you're lying. How'd... You're lying, but carry on. All right, cool. No, just let me you, So on. you genuinely feel like you was the only option on the table for me. Is that what you think? Who was you, who else was you going to go and box? Sol? For, for, for half Sol, the money? I was never going to box Sol in my So life. who was you going to box I was never going to box Sol. I could have gone international and started boxing international So why people. didn't you? Because I chose to have this guy. I gave you a voluntary. So 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 Ben. did you a favour. So should I call you daddy or Ben daddy? Which one? Both if you want. Whatever makes you happy. Daddy's, yeah? You're talking rubbish and you know it. But carry on. No one made me do this. I could have done whatever else I wanted. I've got four belts. I can pick whichever route I want to I'm, I'm glad you pick. did do this. I'm glad you made it's the right decision. Choice. So I don't understand why you're going on pretending like I'm some sort of liar when I gave you the voluntary. That is my choice. No one pushed me into this don't corner. Don't get upset. Relax. I'm not upset. Chill, I'm man. just saying, don't question me and try and say I'm, I'm just, a liar I'm when I'm not. I'm questioning you. What? <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think Jason Candy and Gabby Bonnehor were in drive yesterday. They went down to the canteen in the 14th floor during that. Mm. I mean, they didn't need to be there, Simon. It was a good, a good back and forth, wasn't it? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's a good fight. Mm. Um, I mean, it's a fight that I think Fabio Wardley will win, and I've told Fraser that, which, um, you know, he'll take, he'll take on the chin metaphorically and, and go and prove us wrong if he, if he can. I was at the press conference, actually, just before that, and they come from the press conference <laughs> here, and I, we had that conversation, actually. Fraser come up to me and went, your mate Simon, you know, he thinks I'm going to lose. I went, well, you do start the underdog. You know, that is, you know, that, that is what it is. What do you yeah, think, Spencer? Forget, forget the amateur pedigree what, what and whatnot. Think? I think that Fabio Wardley starts favourite for me, yeah. 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 Yeah, I just think that he's more seasoned as a pro. He's developed well as a pro. And we've not seen that from Fraser. And I told Fraser, I said to him, look, we need to see you going through the gears. And we've not seen that. Marius Wack, Dave Allen last time, you know, we go, come on, start pushing. Pick it up now. But I don't know if he can or if he's just not done it yet or if there's someone's not pushed him yet. Wardley will definitely push him. But Wardley's proven. David Adelaide last time out, great performance, great win. You know, and I think Nathan Gorman was a fight where you go, yeah, actually, this kid can fight. 17 fights, 17 wins, 16 KOs. I think it's all to do for Fraser, if I'm honest. It's a really good domestic clash. It's what we need. We saw Bawatsi yeah. and Aziz the other night. And uh, Fraser Clark, I've known for for years and years. He's, what do you uh, think, by the way? He's a great guy. I think I, I agree with you. I think Wardley starts favourite. Um, I think he's... The problem, though, is that Fraser has a huge amateur, wealth of amateur experience behind him, and Fabio doesn't. So that's an interesting ingredient into it. Um, I like that. I listened yesterday, and uh, there's apparently security here and all that. Look, ultimately, they respect each other, the pair of them. They're good fighters. Fabio's done brilliantly from where he's come, but doesn't have that background. And that worries me slightly the longer the fight goes. I think if he starts fast, he can win the fight. But Fraser over the distance could be really interesting. He's so hardened. He's so up for this. He's really competitive and uh, I think he's I think he'll be a better fighter for this fight Fraser Clark has it come a tad too soon I don't know yeah Adam Boatze um, won at the weekend against Dan Aziz and it could well be next in line for him Anthony Yard Boatze spoke about that post fight initially I wasn't entertaining it because I was like well if I've won the final eliminator let me go straight away yeah um, the reality is that he's fighting um, in June. Yeah, in June. So he's tied up to the end of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 
that's if they do a rematch as well, which yeah. they probably will. Mm-hmm. And then that means the that fight year. wouldn't happen yeah. till the first, the end of yeah. the first quarter of the year. So it's a long time to just hang yeah. about, yeah. which is what I'm to not going to do. Yeah. So I'm definitely entertaining the yard fight. Of course, it has to be on better terms to shoot me. I, I'm Huge the one fight. that just came off a final eliminator. So yeah. if I was going to say if myself and whoever's at this level, but it has to be yard, thinking about anyone in this country that we could, Fill out a stadium like that, I'll say it'd be odd. And if it could be at Crystal Palace, like um, Simon said, why not, man? Why not, man? Uh, Adam Smith, what about Boatsy Yard? Is it a stadium fight? I'd say it, Crystal Palace. Why not? Mm. Absolutely fantastic mm. fight. Uh, great one the other night. Uh, Dan Aziz came up with uh, with with a lot of courage, and he he really tested Boatsy at times. I thought it was uh, a fabulous watch. Boatsy uh, and Yard is uh, mouth watering. Absolutely brilliant. We're just talking. Uh, earlier and, and sort of we can't pick a winner here. I mean, no. I think I just lean towards Boatsy slightly, probably again because of the pedigree. But uh, Yard is good, and and it's a great, great domestic fight. It's a classic, and it's what we want. You just look at the momentum though with Anthony Yard now mm-hmm. in defeat as well. By the way, against Better Bev, you know, you know, he, he come out real performance. Yeah, it was wasn't an it? unbelievable yeah. performance. When you see, you know, when you see what Better Bev's gone on to to do, you got, you look back at that and you go, that was a first class performance. He's a you great know, fighter. He's a great fighter. So I think, so, yeah, I think that is the fight that has to happen next with the undisputed going on in Saudi with Bivol Betabiev on June the first. I think that fight has to happen. Yeah, you got you got that one, the top one. Yeah, Betabiev and Bivol, fantastic. Yeah, and then you've got this one, which is all British, and mm. let's get it on. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam, we had a gentleman who came on the show the other day with Simon and myself, yeah, and who absolutely blew the thing wide open. Amongst other things, uh, Professor of Sport, Health and Social Science at the University of Winchester, Eric Anderson, said to us that young kids should, from this point, no longer participate in rugby and more specifically boxing and that parents simply don't understand the long-term risk of brain injury get out of it don't put your kids in there he was saying and he said there are ways that boxing should and must be made safer there is shadow boxing there's touch boxing there's also boxing below the head but i want you to think about this for a moment if i were to strike a child in the head that's child abuse right But if I put a child in a ring with a trained fighter and have that child receive numerous blows to the head and then traumatic brain injury in the ultimate form of victory in boxing, a knockout, which causes lifelong issues, that's sport. No, they're both child abuse. If boxing suffers as a result of this, I don't care about boxing. Try Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Wow. That was uh, Professor Eric Anderson. And Adam, your 12-year-old girl has just taken up boxing. She has. Tilly is boxing. And is she going to become the next Casey Taylor? I don't know. It's uh, it's something that uh, I'm pleased she's doing an activity to get her off her phone, to, to get her concentrating on something. It's good exercise. It's great discipline, as we know. It's fantastic fitness. And I think she could be okay at it. So let's see how long she commits to it. It's a very serious... Uh, debate, the points that he's put across. Um, you can understand rugby and boxing are very dangerous sports. Let's not get away from it. Um, you know, the man next to me, you know, I watched him fight for his life. And, uh, you know, how old were you? 21, 22 at the time. And, and, and you do it, you do it all again now. So yeah. every individual, yeah. at, at, you know, who goes through it will want to fight, will want to play rugby. As a child, it's really difficult. You want the best for your kid. You've got to let them live their dreams but of course as a parent you've got to direct too um, I'm happy Tilly has chosen 
boxing. I'm, I'm looking at her on the pads. I'm looking at her down there. Jordan Thompson was there uh, helping the kids uh, last night. It was fantastic to see him, to see the kids all, all doing something. They're, 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 they're not causing trouble. They're, they're in, a, in, a, in a disciplined, nice foundation. They're, they're working off each other. They're learning life skills. Will they take it to the next level? Will it get difficult? That's, that's another question down the line. But for me at the moment, boxing training, amazing. Rugby training and playing, amazing. If you get to that level, it gets harder. But I child abuse, that's, that's a strong, strong, child abuse. strong He's coming. point. Adam, what I would say in Spencer, the, the same professor is coming in next week to join Simon and myself right here in studio. We're going to talk with him alongside uh, former rugby international Hugo Monnier. So we're talking you? about rugby, we're talking about boxing. Where are you? I mean, I, I saw you react, you were kind of wincing at some of the things mm. that the professor said there. Yeah, yeah, listen, you understand where the professor's coming from. You go, look, uh, you know, you've got to recognise also what... On the flip side, I'm looking at the flip side of this and I'm going, look, I was taken to a boxing gym when I was eight years of age. I started boxing at eight years of age and the, and, and the place was packed with young kids there. And we all went on to do things. But what it did do is it kept us off the streets and, and you know, it, and it gave us that discipline, taught us self-respect, taught us to respect others and taught us the life skills, most importantly. And I think through doing that, and then we you fall in love with the sport. But I just, you know, I... I just think it's strong, yeah. Like I, I just think that that was a very strong word. You know, you're just saying, you know, abuse, like, and and, and, and you know, he's, talk, he's talking specifically because I desperately wanted to disagree with him, but he's not coming from the position of sports. He's coming from the position of clinical well-being of children. So his his interest is clinically and empirical data suggests that concussions and injuries that involve head 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 movement and brain movement mm-hmm. are conclusively supported by the evidence that this is damaging for children. And if you put a kid... If you don't let a kid vote under 16, if you don't let a kid have sex under 16 legally, if you don't let a kid smoke under 16, why would you let a kid have the choice to go in a ring and put themselves in the way of jeopardy? Is the centre cornerstone of his argument. That's where he gets the child abuse from, because he says, yeah. if you then push him in that ring... Now, it's strong words, because you gain and garner attention... By using strong words, it concentrates people's minds. Medically, totally understand. Yeah. It's very dangerous, mentally and physically. But mentally and physically, the other argument is it's very good to Absolutely. get them, as Spencer's saying, down into the gym, doing something right, off the streets, self-respect, learning about discipline. And he's mm. saying, he's saying it's the sport's responsibility to find a solution at formative stages in a young man's life to be able to participate in the sport without some of the jeopardies. That's what his argument is. And he's saying it specifically, isn't he, Jim? Yeah. Under 16s. Mm. Under 16s. Brendan Ingalls, Jim. Back to Sheffield, where yeah. we're going tomorrow. Yeah. They're all about body sparring, not, yeah. not head sparring. And, and so there are. And there's a ways. rebuttal from a sport. Yes, mm. exactly. There was. Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken with White and Jordan. Please leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcast from. Sam Matterface will be back tomorrow to bring you the best of the show. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.